0: guys what's up and welcome back to another episode of homebrew today as you saw by the title it's a wild one it's a freaking wild case now today we're talking about a man named Sid Kim Wa. this case revolves around not one but two freaking murders um, of the Andrew Road triple murders and another murder where a couple just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, let's get started by who the hell is Sik Kim Wa and why has he murdered five people in his lifetime. Let's start all the way at the freaking beginning to when he was born. He was born on 18th of March, 1964. Now, he came from a family with quite neglectful parents. Okay, I wouldn't say quite, very neglectful parents actually. So, he had one elder brother, one elder sister, and one younger sister. Now, the entire family lived together with their grandparents. Um, and so, uh, everything was going well, I guess. Um, as well as it could for them. Um, When the mom had a huge argument with six grandparents and they left the house, they left the grandparents' house and went to live on their own but this is where things started going downhill real fast because six father was a heavy compulsive gambler and he rarely came home and he started having an affair with a mistress and left home to stay completely with the mistress and the mom as well started to have an affair with a married man and she rarely came back home and one day she just up and decided to leave and be with the married man forever And so now the kids, they literally didn't have any authoritative or parental figure in their lives. So they were pretty much left to fend for themselves, you know. Um, They started to steal for survival and they had no guidance and they were left completely astray, which at this point you can already kind of see that the way that he became, it's partly the fault of poor parenting, neglectful parenting. Um, yeah, and so he only studied up to primary four because he had financial difficulties, had to drop out of school and a lot of people described him to be a very naughty child and he would get into a lot of fights. His younger sister said that he loved uh, martial arts books and movies and he was completely obsessed with them. And now at the age of 13, he started to join a secret society and became very involved with them. He would go steal um, with them and do, I don't know, whatever secret society clubs do, okay? Um, and he got caught in 1980 when he was 16 years old for theft. And he was sentenced to four years in a boy's home. Now, I guess this is where his... Something interesting happens in his life, which I feel um, really um, molded him to be a freaking serial murderer. So um, when he was in Boy's home, he got strangled uh, by his, I guess, homemates. And um, he said this is a direct quote from him. Um, in the court, he said that um, this is where he fell in love with being strangled with strangulation because he liked the feeling so much um he said that at first i felt discomfort but then it got thrilling because it felt as if lights were being switched on and off and i guess this is where he i don't know something happened something twisted started happening in his mind okay he yeah this is it you guys um and then um the freaking boys home they had like a one-day release scheme to kind of help um i guess the boys with rehabilitation and giving them like you know a bit of like working life um feel so he worked um sick he worked as a gardener a part-time gardener for a man named mr tay now remember mr tay because he is super freaking um, important and he will return back to the story later, so remember him. And yeah, so eventually, Sik was um, released for good behaviour and just nice, it was time for him to join the army. Now you would think that in NS, everything's okay, everything's fine, he's turning over a new leaf, he's a new man, serving our nation, protecting our people, right? Um, wrong, because in November of 1982, when he's 18 years old, he is in Jurong for a live-firing exercise in with the Singapore Armed Forces, right? He stole 17 bullets by hiding it in his boots. And then when he went back to Nisun Camp, where he was having his BMT, he put it in a torchlight. And then a few days later... He stole a rifle from the armory. He brings it back to his barracks, dismantles it into four pieces, wraps it in a newspaper, puts it in a plastic bag and hides it and locks it up in his cupboard. And then later at night, he brings the part to the field and hides it under a tree. And then a few days later, he goes back to take the rifle out of the camp to keep it with him. What? What? a wild freaking. I mean, I'm pretty sure this will never happen now because of how um, safe and secure it is, but just to think that he did this, he got away with it... for like, a year? Oh my god. So, fast forward, he's 19 years old, it is 1993. He is currently a full-time NS driver And this is also the year where he murders his first two victims. Now, this was in June of 29. It was around the afternoon or it was around nighttime actually where he wanted to um, rob a petrol kiosk and its owner. But halfway, he realized that his plan was shit and he just aborted it halfway, took a taxi to Marine Parade and he wanted to just rob people in their car. So, he saw a Honda Accord and a couple walking into the car um, about to leave. And so, he went in to sneak into the car, but by the time he reached the car, the car drove away. Thank God. Like, those couple literally escaped death that day, okay? And he was waiting around, but no one was coming. So, he was about to leave when a Mitsubishi Lancer pulled in. Now, he snuck into the car and helped Mr. and Mrs. Lim at gunpoint. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Lim, Mr. Lim is 42 years old and an illegal bookmaker and Mrs. Lim is a bar hostess who is 32 years old. Now, he took all of their money, all of their possessions and he still continued to strangle them to death using a raffia string and he said that he did this because he didn't want to be identified. He put their body into their own car boot and he went home. Um, he lived at Bukit Timah at this point and he took a nap. After his nap, after feeling refreshed, he went to get the bodies and he dumped it in Saleta Reservoir. <sighs> I mean, you guys, this is freaking nuts, okay? So now, we move on to his triple murder at Andrew Road. But before we go on, we need to talk about an accomplice that he meets to do this murder with. We are gonna talk about a man named Nyung Kok Meng. Now Nyung Kok Meng he was born um in 1964 on 24th of July and he was born in Malaysia in Johor his hometown and he was the sixth out of eight children he had three older sisters, two um, older brothers, and the rest was, um, I guess, younger sisters, I forgot. Um, his dad worked as a driver in Singapore. Now, um, Neo, we'll call him Neo, Neo's mom said that he was actually very well-behaved and such a helpful child when he was young because when he was studying, he always worked part-time at a rubber plantation to help provide money for the family and eventually he had to drop out of school because it was financially constraining and also because he had no time because he was so focused on working part-time right and so after he um, dropped out of school he started to work at a bakery and also as a nanny to the bakery boss's family and then after that he came to singapore to work as a welder in 1981 um and at this point in singapore is where he started to meet and interact with a lot of secret society members and he started to get involved with them um yeah and in 1982, is where literally just a few days before the Andrew Road triple murders, he met Sek. And Sek was the one who was like, hey, I'm gonna do this job, do you wanna do it with me? We can split the money. And Neil was like, sure, whatever, let's do it. And this is how the Andrew Road triple murders started. Now. Remember, I told you about the gardener job that Sik had while he was in a boy's home, uh, Mr. Tay. Mr. Tay is the victim. His family is the victim. So, it was um, the unfortunate day, 29th of July 1983, where Sik led um, uh, Neo in his motorcycle. Um, to Mr. Tay's house. He lived in a bungalow, so they drove, um, they rode to his house and they parked two houses in front of two houses before Mr. Tay's house. They just randomly stopped squatting near the vehicle to inspect the vehicle. Um, it was outside of Mr. Tay's bungalow house, um, two-story bungalow house Where his 10-year-old daughter Dawn Was playing the roller skates Now she was waiting for her Mandarin Tuition teacher to arrive She actually spotted um, Sick and Neo two houses down um, Squatted near their motorcycle She just thought that they stopped To repair their motorcycle Because it was broken down And so after a while, Madam Tang Her tuition teacher arrived in a car And they went inside the house For her tuition lesson now, um, after a while, the helper of the house opened the door to sweep the front porch. And this was when um, Sick and Noh saw their opening, rushed for her, grabbed her, pushed her into the house, locked the door behind them, and tied and gagged everyone up. Um, everyone as in Madam Tay, um, Mrs. Tay, Mr. Tay, the helper, 10-year-old Dawn, and the tuition teacher, Madam Tang. They asked Mrs. Tay where all of her jewelries were and then proceeded to go get them and put them in their bag. And they found a checkbook, and they got Mrs. Tay to write a cheque for $5,000. Now, this part's a bit strange because they immediately, on the spot, went to encash the cheque. As in, Neil was there with the family um, guarding them with a the rifle and then, um, sick, he went to the bank to encash the cheque on the spot. Now on his way back from the bank, where was where he was thinking like this amount of money or the amount of jewelries they stole was just not enough, and he wanted more. So once he got home, um, he grabbed Mister Tay and brought him out, drove him to a POSB and an OCBC branch bank to withdraw a collective sum of seven thousand dollars. Now this car ride is where um literally like just. Um, Mr. Tay recognizes six boys and says like, Hey, aren't you the guy who used to work for me as a gardener? And this is where it just clicked in Sick that he cannot leave anyone alive, left behind because then their identities will definitely be showed out to the public. Now, while that was going on outside, um, back in the house, Neo was guarding the family with the rifle, right? So he proceeds to um, inform the family that, hey, you know what, this is my first ever robbery. Don't worry, I'm not going to harm anyone at all. And Mrs. Tay made him shake on it, like to promise her that he would not harm um, her daughter, Dawn. So he proceeds to shake Dawn's hand as a sign of promise that he would not harm her at all. And so, once coming back home, they proceeded to tie Mr. Tay up and continue ransacking the house. Now, while Nyo was busy ransacking the house, uh, Sek brought uh, Mr. Tay into a room with him alone. And he tried to strangle him with a raffia string to his death. But somehow, it didn't work. So, he grabbed a very heavy wooden stool and proceeded to just continuously bash it into Mr. Tay's head until he just died and then next he went in for mrs tay and the helper he brought them into a separate room and he started to um electrocute attempt to electrocute mrs tay now he grabbed two live wires and placed it in her mouth but nothing happened so this was the most chilling thing okay because while he was explaining this in court So he was saying that, oh my god, silly me, (laughs) ha ha ha. He literally laughed, saying that, I forgot to switch the power on. No wonder she wasn't electrocuted. And he proceeded to place the two live wires after switching the power on under her foot soles. But nothing happened, it didn't work. He got frustrated and he proceeded to grab the same heavy wooden... um, What's the word? Same heavy wooden um stool and started to hit um them uh hit Mrs Tay a few times before strangling her and the helper helper with extreme force to their deaths. And hearing all the thumping noises, um, Neil came into the room, saw what he was doing, saw Mrs Tay's dead body. He ran. He grabbed Don. He grabbed the tutor. Uh, pushed them into a room, locked the door behind and just stood in the room with them, guarding them. And so when in court, um, when the judge asked him like, why did you want to electrocute Mrs. Tay, He said that he just wants to try different things. He just loves to try different things. And he always wanted to try to electrocute someone. And then he proceeded to walk around the house and he found a pet goldfish in the goldfish bowl. He proceeds to take the goldfish in the bowl to a bathtub, throw it in and then place the live wires on the goldfish and the goldfish died. Now, this is just crazy. Like, this is like one of the biggest um, signs, I guess, for a serial killer is when they love to kill Pets love to experiment tortures on pets, and so he proceeded to walk around the house again to find for Dawn and the tutor to kill them as well. But then he discovered that they were locked up in the room with Neil, and he said, Let me in, let me in, you know. But Neil was like, Hell no, I'm not letting you in, you're not gonna kill them. And he just stayed there in with them, and finally, Sick got tired and he drove mr tay's mercedes-benz um back home and so Neo was in the room with the tuition teacher and Dawn. right he proceeds to pass his identity card um over to madame tang and said like please um i'm gonna let you guys out later because i promise that i wouldn't harm y'all um but please this is my identity card um help me find my parents and tell them to buy me a coffin because after letting you go I'm going to commit suicide. And so after the coast was clear and after a while he unlocked the door and he let them out. They ran to the neighbor's house to find help and um Neil tried to, you know, put the rifle to his head and tried to shoot himself but unfortunately he didn't know how to operate the rifle so he wasn't able to commit suicide. And he took Sik's motorcycle and he rode all the way back to meet Sik. And the both of them, um, they just split the money and they went shopping with um, a bar hostess that um, was Sik's friend, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, this is freaking crazy. And Sik told um, Neo that if you had opened the door and let me in, I would not only have killed Tang and Dawn, but I would have also killed you. Which is just like freaking insane, okay? And then um, sick also called Neo freaking stupid for not letting um him kill Dawn and Madam Tang. And sick um also asked Neo like, hey, where'd you put the rifle? And um, Neo said that he hit the rifle because he's scared that sick's gonna kill more people using it. I mean, this case is freaking insane, you guys. Like, sick is freaking insane. And so, eventually, um, Neo just um, borrowed his friend's passport and used it to flee the country and go to Malaysia. And eventually, he surrendered because he just could not um, face the guilt. He could not deal with the guilt and he wanted to pay his dues for the crime that he committed. And so, he was imprisoned um, for life and he got six strokes of cane. Now, Sick, on the other hand, he was arrested, okay? They found the bodies and they arrested him. And, um, freaking, he, his defense team tried to put him as a psychotic man, tried to say that he had mental issues, and they tried to say that he was pushed over the edge because of a one-sided love affair that he had. And he said that, you know, he just loves it when people exercise control over him. He just wants to be taken care of. He wants to be told what to do and what he can't do. And because he couldn't have that, um, you know, a partner to tell him all of this, he was really upset and driven to just do bad things in life. Which was... Uh, I don't know, you guys. I mean, that's freaking crazy if you ask me. um, Yeah. um, And th- the judges, they were like, okay, you know what, this guy is not insane. He's just a freaking... Cruel, heartless, cold-blooded killer. And the worst thing is when the judges asked him like, Hey, why didn't you ever use the rifle? Like you always used raffia strings or like the, sto- the stool to murder people. Why did you steal the rifle if you didn't intend to use it? He said that he just wanted the rifle to um, use it, save it for people who had rifles. So he would use it on someone who had a rifle. And he said that he, he won't anyhow waste bullets. I mean, that is just crazy. Like, he's so, like... I don't know, you guys. I don't even know, like, the psychology uh, behind his thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, but I know that this is, like, one of the most wildest um Singaporean serial killers we've talked about. I mean, because we can see from young exactly what affects him and what you know led him to be the way that he is and finally he was given um sentence to being hung by death and he was so thankful he said that he's always wanted to try this he's always wanted to try new things as this was one of his like dream goals to try being hung to death i mean i'm mind blown i feel like of all the cases that we've talked about locally this one has to be the worst by far because he's truly like a psychopath i don't even know how to feel about what he did with the goldfish. like to be during a robbery just going around experimenting on electrocuting animals um the audacity he had to go back to the same man who gave him a work opportunity while he was in the boy's home I can't even with that. Like, that is just so ungrateful and disgusting of him. Um, He's definitely scary, you guys. Like, this is one of the most scariest local cases I've came across so far. Um, Obviously, the worst is the Tan family. If you guys haven't watched it yet, um, I did a podcast on it. You should definitely check it out. That one was so freaking scary and creepy. It still irks me till today how it's unsolved. Um, but yeah, this one's, I feel like second to that, you guys. I mean, this one is really, um, he's just crazy. I can't imagine what the family must have felt. Definitely rest in peace to all of them. I hope that Dawn, um, she was doing fine in life. And I don't, I can't imagine the trauma she must have felt. Um, She definitely saw that, um, she definitely saw the crime because when Mrs. Tang, Madam Tang, was escorting her out of the room to run out. She saw, the both of them saw the dead bodies and they screamed and they ran away. So I can't imagine how they must have lived with the trauma of that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's freaking crazy, you guys. I don't even know. Uh, But that's it for today's story. Let me know what you guys think in the comments below, please. I would love to know your thoughts. Um. Do give this video a like. It really help us um grow as a channel, grow as a community. Um, do share this video um with your friends, your fellow Singaporeans. I feel like these are cases that we don't really talk about anymore because it's so old, but it still happened where we're living right now. So share it. Let them know. You know, like this is what happened in Singapore once upon a time. And also, um, do give us a subscribe so that we can grow as a community, as a family. Um, And also, if you haven't followed uh, me on Facebook, you should. We're just literally the same thing, Homebrewed Evil. Um, But yeah, that's it for today, you guys. Um, Thank you so much for watching, for listening, for being here with me. Um, And I will be back next week with another epic story. Bye!